Welcome to the Black Tokyo Podcast. I'm your host, Eric L. Robinson. First of all, I'd like to thank you all for your support. It's been almost 21 years that I've been online and my YouTube channel has grown. Thank you for those who follow me on Twitter, the Black Tokyo Facebook page, and the Black Tokyo blog. In celebration of almost 21 years online, I've decided to relaunch the podcast. In this episode, I discuss some important changes that will definitely have an impact on U.S. military members serving overseas and those veterans residing in foreign countries. For those veterans in Japan, for example, if you're thinking about giving up your permanent residency status and taking a job on base just to get the benefits, you definitely do not want to miss this podcast. For those of you in the military or U.S. government workers stationed overseas, if you happen to have a spouse or children that are foreign nationals, there's a few things that have taken place that may impact you returning to the States with your family. The United States Citizen and Immigration Services have established four hubs located at Camp Humphrey, South Korea, Commander Fleet Activities, Yokosuka, Japan, U.S. Army Garrison, Stuttgart, Germany, Naval Support Activity Naples, Italy, to help service members and their families apply for naturalization and other immigration benefits while stationed overseas. The U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services will travel to these hubs on a quarterly basis to conduct interviews and naturalization ceremonies and also answer any questions you may have. Now, there are two domestic USCIS offices that will oversee all military applications. They are the Guam Field Office, which will oversee adjudications in the Asia-Pacific District and will serve the hubs in South Korea and Japan. The Washington Field Office will oversee adjudications in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa District. It will also serve the hubs in Germany and Italy. Now, if you are unable to travel to the designated hub during the quarterly visits, they'll contact you to schedule your interview. For those of you in Japan, the USCIS closed their overseas field office December 12th. Now, if you're a service member and you happen to miss one of the scheduled four quarterly visits at these overseas military installations, USCIS officials said in a news release that once the USCIS offices have closed, members who have gained foreign national dependence through marriage, adoption, etc., will need to submit immigration applications to the Department of State before their tour ends for their dependents to enter the U.S. as immigrants. For example, sailors stationed overseas who receive orders for an assignment back in the U.S. will not be able to initiate a PCS with dependents unless they have obtained approval for the dependents to enter as immigrants. This process is initiated by filling out a petition for alien relative form, otherwise known as the I-130. Now, this form is used if you are a citizen or lawful permanent resident of the U.S. who needs to establish a relationship to certain foreign national relatives who wish to immigrate to the United States. When a member enrolls eligible dependents in DEERS or updates their record of emergency data, dependent application form, the command should also ensure that the member contacts their nearby RLSO and begin the I-130 application process for a non-U.S. citizen dependent. The legal representatives on your base can provide advice regarding immigration and naturalization issues, including any problems that may arise as a result of the closures.
I know many U.S. service members stationed here in Japan that are married to foreign nationals. A word of advice to those military members stationed overseas and planning to return to the States. You should ensure that you initiate any immigration paperwork early rather than waiting for PCS orders. Those who are serving in Asia and Europe in particular should contact their local RLSO immediately to initiate I-130s. Service members who are not yet naturalized must begin the naturalization process by contacting the U.S.-based USCIS office before embarking on an overseas assignment. Those service members with overseas orders or pending deployment can expedite the naturalization process by including a cover page with their application stating, I am deploying overseas. If the applicant has already submitted an application and needs to notify USCIS of an upcoming deployment, they should contact the USCIS military helpline at 1-877-CIS-4-MIL. For more information, be sure to click the link below. Let's say that you decided to get out the military and you're not a retiree and you want to have access to the base so that you can utilize the commissary, the NEX or PX, and the MWR facilities. Typically, you have to take a job either at the, say, MWR, NEX, AFES, become a contractor, or a GS employee. Well, that's about to change. The Department of Defense has announced expanded commissary military service exchange and MWR access beginning January 1st, 2020. Now they've also established a standard for physical access to the military bases overseas. Now this new program will impact more than 4 million disabled veterans. Veterans and family caregivers who are eligible and that want to take advantage of in-person benefits must have a Veterans Health Identification Card, otherwise known as VHIC. Primary family caregivers must have an eligibility letter from the Department of Veteran Affairs Office of Community Care. Veterans currently use VHICs for identification and check-ins at VA appointments, but beginning January 1st, they'll be able to use them for base access under this new program. Now, veterans eligibility solely under this act who are eligible to obtain a VHIC must use this credential for in-person installation and privilege access. The card must display the veteran's eligibility status, for example, Purple Heart, former prisoner of war, or military service connected. Now, those veterans that are eligible solely under this act, who are not enrolled in or are not eligible to enroll in VA healthcare, or who are enrolled in VA healthcare but do not possess a VHIC, will not have access to DOD and Coast Guard installations for in-person commissary, exchange, and MWR retail privileges although they will have full access to online exchanges and American Forces travel. Those Medal of Honor recipients and veterans with a 100% Service Connected Disability rating are eligible for DOD credentials under the DOD policy. Previously, only veterans with a 100% Service Connected Disability rating were authorized shopping and MWR privileges. The new law now allows all those with service-connected disability ratings, including 
to have those privileges. That's right. If you have a 0% rating, you'll be eligible to access the base to shop at the commissary, NEX, PX, and utilize MWR facilities. Now, here comes the problem. But some of you with the 0% rating don't have a VHIC. Well, the DOD said that the VA will provide a letter to those disabled veterans indicating that they are eligible for privileges. So one thing to keep in mind, when you first get to the base, eligible veterans and caregivers must stop at the Visitor Control Center. And depending on the type of installation and the credential presented, the veteran or caregiver may be enrolled for recurring access. For information on how to get your VHIC, click the link below. And that concludes the uh, first podcast. I want to say thank you for listening and uh, it feels good to be back on the mic. Be sure to check out the Black Tokyo blog and YouTube channel. Please feel free to leave me your questions, comments, or suggestions. You can contact me at info at blacktokyo.com. I'll catch you on the next podcast. Beautiful.